random acts of tangent. I'm Adam. I'm joined by the Rex. Hey, what's up? Hey, and we also have a special guest in the studio, Melissa. How's it going, Melissa? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Now, Melissa's here because she's uh, promoting a project that she's doing, which uh, I, I'm very interested in. The, the concept is, it fascinates me. The company that I have is called Shark Bite Entertainment, and Shark Bite Entertainment is to combine artists and technology to tell amazing stories that inspire women to be a catalyst for their own change. I want them to face their fears so that they can uh, make a difference in their own lives, and I want to really empower them to be the leaders of tomorrow. So okay. I chose the shark because a uh, shark is my favorite animal and shark always inspires fear in a lot of people. Yes. But I really think that it's up to us to be able to conquer our fears and that's what really makes us who we are and keeps us growing and keeps us evolving as people. Okay. Any website for this? The website for the business is uh, sharkbiteent.com. So that's S-H-A-R-K. B Y T E E N T dot com. Okay, very good. And this this is the backing behind the whole project you're doing. I'm promoting a film that I'm working on. It's a short film called Captured Melody. It's for my uh, Chapman University thesis film. I'm going there to get my master's, right. and it's a uh, short film about a young girl who learns the secret to her own identity and the real meaning of love through a story her grandmother tells her. Okay. So it's a story about uh, heartbreak and kind of redefining the way that we think of Prince Charming um, and the fairy tale stereotype, basically. Right. So that's what it's about. Okay. So now I grew up on Disney, as as uh, maybe most kids did, and uh, this is kind of anti-Disney. Is that fair to say? Uh, not so much per se anti-Disney. I think it's just more of a different way to look at fairy tales than the previous model of fairy tales with the uh, the prince and the princess ending up being happy and getting married and having a wonderful life together um, through their adventure. I think it's just a little bit different because it offers a way for um, the fairy tale basically myth to be kind of shattered in a way where Prince Charming is not who you think he is. He's actually a bad guy. So okay. it's a nice handsome prince but he actually turns into somebody who's not as great as you think he might turn out to sounds be. very feminist that's what it <laughs> sounds like like women empowerment like you know be independent kind of message kind, kind of in a sense it, it feminist in a way but i think it's still it kind of i want people to get their eyes opened a little bit more especially the audience that i'm creating this film for probably ages seven to um, 13, 14. Okay. But I really wanted to show young girls that it's a better way for them to actually get to know somebody first and take the time rather than just saying, Oh, he's my prince and right. I need him to fulfill everything and mm. he's going to come with here. the idea of somebody. Yeah. Rather than falling in love with the idea of somebody, actually get to know them before you fall in love. Right. Because sometimes people fall in love too quickly and either it goes bad or it could even change in a way where maybe they could even be an abusive partner whoa okay you know i uh you know I've, i was talking about this recently with somebody and i was actually exploring the idea that it may be necessary for us to be disillusioned with our partners in the beginning to actually trap ourselves into a relationship i think that once one becomes really level-headed and objective and you understand the flaws in people a little bit more, you become a lot more skeptical of them. And 
I feel like it's almost necessary to fall in love with an idea of somebody instead of them. And once you've built that kind of trust and bonding and commitment, then it, it takes the relationship further. But if you take too long, then it can uh, kind of stagnate and you'll miss your window of opportunity for commitment because you, you, you learn about the other person to the extent where the, that illusion, the idea of them isn't so grand anymore. Right. Well, that also happens like in the honeymoon period of any relationship. There's everything is fantastic. This person is great. She she gets me. She loves me. And we have so much fun together. But then later on, you start finding out more things as the relationship develops. They, it's like, oh, I didn't notice that you left your clothes out on the floor there. <laughs> at the beginning yes. no big deal i'll pick it up for you baby but now it's like oh, really? i never noticed that you say i'm gonna go pee when you want to go pee <laughs> and that bothers me right why can't you just powder your nose and that's the thing about most <laughs> movies i think that they they uh they end at the happiest point yeah it's the happy ending so is this movie it goes further than that we're like all right happy ending and now here's the rest of the story after I think it, it does have a um, happy and empowering um, point in the film where it's the end where they conquer the bad guy. But it, then it, it kind of teaches the young girl that she needs to maybe give somebody else an opportunity and kind of look past the person that um, had rejected her initially to keep on going and look for somebody else rather than putting all their hopes into one person. Okay. Because sometimes if I, – I think it is true because when he was saying about, you know, having that initial kind of uh, the, the wanderlust and being able to have that initial chemistry with somebody, that spark that just gets you excited, I think that that's something that's in your body that that just you, you recognize with somebody. It's either you have it or you don't, but I, I still think it can be – you can that can grow and – that can be a part of somebody if you get to know them and it, maybe things get right. But I think that that's, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a huge part of relationships and especially when it comes to like marriage, I think nowadays people get married too soon. Where And that's probably why the divorce rate is so high because they fall in love with the idea of somebody and then they want to marry that idea. And then they don't find out till later that, like, like I was saying before, they leave their clothes on the floor or whatever. And then it starts becoming apparent later on in the relationship, all the negative things. Cause at the beginning of the honeymoon phase, everything's great. Yeah, that's true. Every, everything is great in the honeymoon phase and you want it to be great. Um, but that's, that's kind of the whole thing is like, sometimes it's, I think that it's a really better message to be sending, you know, even, though that's great the honeymoon phase but yeah. really get to know somebody i mean spend some time get to know them be their friend um maybe wait a little bit before you get involved with them physically figure or, out if they're a serial killer or yeah. something like that yeah. you know <laughs> why do you have all those ice chests in the basement <laughs> yes ice chests right so what brought this idea on for you how did this start um it kind of started when i had to work on a project in order to do use motion capture with it because that okay. was something that I always wanted to do. I've always been passionate about our art and technology. And I really wanted to create a character that I could bring to life through motion capture. And I worked with the writer. And from there, we kind of came up the story about this fairy being trapped in a box. And it kind of came and got into something bigger where – um, it was more personal to me because I felt at times um, I myself have been trapped in a box, either through uh, relationships, how um, other people have made me feel, or um, even or even through my own doing, like being keeping myself in a relationship because I'm too stuck in it, 
and I don't want to get out. So it's kind of a, kind of has a double meaning to it. Uh, A lot of, um, I think what would resonate really good with it would be, um, domestic violence groups or people that wanting to train people that violence isn't the issue or not treating right emotional abuse or physical abuse. Um, is kind of the metaphor for the box, but also too, I mean, we, we choose to sometimes stay in things that are not good for us because we think they're good for us, but they're sometimes really not. Right. And we stay in that, um, kind of, uh, mode of thinking. I don't know if people stay in, in situations because they think they're good for them. I think it's that they're scared of change. I think that that's true. Yeah, definitely. I think that scared of change is, is good, but then you also too, you can keep having this ideal about somebody, even though if that might not be what the other person thinks you have an ideal. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely rationalize it that way. But I think it's just, it's, um, it's, it's one fear conquering another fear. And, and, and when they don't know how to balance that or be objective about it, their fear of change is, um, scarier than the fear of being abused, basically. Okay, right. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's true, too. But there's some people that with their abuser is just, it's too much for them to even, you know, get the courage enough to actually leave. And then I really feel for a lot of these children who are involved in these relationships where their parents are being, um, you know, uh, violent, physically abusive or verbally abusive, you know, it's like, what are we teaching our young kids by them being in these kind of homes? Right. I think another big part of uh, breaking up with somebody that is in a bad situation eventually becomes the work I put into this is is so vast that I can't, I can't just leave it. I, I put so much effort and in myself into this relationship for me to walk away now. It's like, it, it's, it seems like a waste. So mm-hmm. I, I tried so hard. I, I did everything that I could and it's still not working out, but uh, all the man hours that I put into this, I, I can't just walk away now because then I feel like I'm a failure. But- well, I think that that's the hard part about walking away from any relationship is that it is a self-failure. And and I think this ties into the theme of your project as well. It's recognizing that you you failed to be objective about judging the other person in a way where you understood that they weren't right for you as opposed to were. Right. You know, and I think that that's a huge part of it is is that when you end a relationship it's a form of self-failure because because you you weren't objective enough in the beginning because you were disillusioned like we were talking about earlier and and you you fell in love with the idea and you let yourself get carried away and you have to admit that to yourself once it's over right yeah i and totally it, agree because huge, that's huge i think the, one of the biggest parts with people is um uh, ex- being accepted is something that anybody wants. I think that everybody wants to be accepted Absolutely. and recognized. But then when you're rejected, which is a part of life, being rejected is something that, that happens and you have to learn how to deal with the rejection and be strong enough to be your, yourself. Somebody told me that, well, I, everybody says this and, you know, you have to be happy with yourself in order to have this great relationship. Yes. Yeah. You have to have self love before you can have other types of love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true for me in, in, in a, a very real way because I was, uh, I'm a serial monogamous, but it takes the time that, and it's very weird to say that, uh, I was kind of in a way dating myself for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Where I, I take myself out and I do yeah. it by myself, just trying to enjoy myself. I'm pretty sure that's narcissism. Is it? Yes. 
Well, I heard that that's yeah. actually now turning into more of a good thing. That's like, why I'm to be more <laughs> selfish and to be more narcissistic is almost what we need to start teaching people. It sounds kind of weird. It, it does sound weird. But but you know, if us kind of like in a, a giving and wanting to treat people nice state is so much depending on outside energy that we need to be focusing more on the inside energy of us. Exactly. That's why I am very for stem cell research. The quicker. <laughs> 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 the the quicker I can clone myself and then just love myself, I am totally down with that. See, Are you, kidding? you said I was being narcissistic. I never earlier. leave the house. Maybe you yeah. can grow some long hair. <laughs> oh my god, I would look oh. so sexy with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But what were you saying? Like, if you didn't think I was narcissistic earlier, this is gonna convince you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because I, no, no, I'll show you. Right, no. I, Where's my mirror? In the process of quote unquote dating myself, going out and just kind of d- discovering who I was, I fell in love with myself. Turns out I'm a good guy. And now I, I think I'm in a good point now where I can be good for somebody else. Because now I found out so much about myself independent of anybody else that I know I'm a good person and I, I like who I am. So at that point, now I can be good for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously, I was trying to be good for somebody else exclusively. But how do you – like I understand that there's certain people in the circumstances where like, okay, you need to be self-sufficient. You have maybe some head game to deal with where you need self-esteem work. And that's a lot to say, but it, right. I think it's accurate. Yeah. And, and And how do you deal with people on the opposite end where it's just like you're a prick and you love yourself. You just shouldn't. Because you're a horrible you're person. A bad person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I mean, what what about the Hitlers of the world that is just like I'm the best. Thank you. You know, like wow. what about those wow. guys? They need love too. They need. Oh, <laughs> Ava Von Braun. It's a cousin. Yeah, yes, they need love. Oh no. <laughs> No, you know, but I, I think it is, is very important that he you had three are, lovers. They all killed themselves. Okay, go ahead. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So take a step back. Stop dating myself so much. Is that what you're telling me? That it, I'll put you on suicide watch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, but I, I think it is very important in any relationship that you're satisfied with yourself as a person first. It could, because then you start conforming to the other person's needs and wants and what they like. Yeah, that's called codependence. That's true. That's Absolutely. true. But I think that there there is a point, though, where... Um, I admit to myself at times, and I've had other people admit as well that they are lonely. I mean, I think I, I, I admit I am lonely. I would like yeah. to have that love with somebody, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being love uh, with being lonely. But you can still love yourself and love your family and your friends and all like this. But having Absolutely. a romantic relationship with somebody is is totally on a different level. In fact, if you're not lonely, something's wrong with you. Very true. Yes, because people why would you talk. say that? Because people suck. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's really hard to find somebody worth not being lonely with. Yeah, because if I you're not think. lonely, then you're in a shed building pipe bombs that are going to try to bring down a building. That, it, just... Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. got a good point there. You're either lonely, unsatisfied, in Al-Qaeda, or <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in a supposedly satisfying disillusioned relationship. Yeah, uh, I think it's very important for building. humans to have human interaction. If you're by yourself and you're okay with yourself, I think there's a problem there. 
you need people around you to kind of just bounce ideas off of to kind of keep you level. Because if you buy yourself all the time, then you're agoraphobic. Oh yeah, and then and then those people that tell you you need to be okay by yourself, you need to just be okay by yourself. I'm like, no. I'm like, I spend all my time by myself. Don't you think I need to go out and actually meet other people to like be with other people? I mean, you got to be crazy. Yeah, because if you just spend all the time by yourself, then all the ideas you have. You think are, are are perfect? Yeah, it's like one of those one of those big things that kind of it kind of pisses me off a little bit. But you know, after you get out of the breakup and you know, all your friends are saying, you know, it's okay right now. You just need to work on yourself. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. You just need to be I'm by taken. yourself and work on yourself. I'm Which like, is a subtle way of saying it's your fault. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you yes. need some work on yourself because. This ain't working. This right is now. not working here. <laughs> we just pointed to all of me. Yes. <laughs> <out. laughs> yes. No, it is very important to have social communication, but yeah. at the same time, it's important to Whoa, like who you are. It is way important. Let me emphasize that because Emph- right. pe- people. Underline it. People are fucking autistic nowadays, and it really pisses me off. I really don't like how autistic people are. People that spend too much time alone, you can only spend so much time on fucking internet forums until you're just autistic. Because you, your social okay. ability to, to read people and read sarcasm right. and puns, it goes out the window. There is no emoticon for sarcasm, which... I think is very, very much needed. Oh, they have a symbol for it. Is they that came true? up, yeah. They, and I forget which country came up with a symbol where they type it, and it's it's almost like a little accent mark. But right. they they put it in there, and it's meant to signify sarcasm. That is awesome. Really, yeah. I never heard about this. So I, I was I was reading on I CNN. I need to find that. I need to find that. Yeah, same here. Because a lot of my humor is sarcasm, but over text messages, it doesn't go over well. You, you know, know, I think I think no. this really leads into a good conversation. Is the whole okay? So. I got a question. So you're you're in a relationship with somebody. Okay. It says it on your Facebook status. Oh. And then you break up and then Facebook status single. single and then comes the unfriending and then comes the <laughs> blocking of the relationship. And then all your friends yeah. was like, "Yeah, you don't need that fucker." No, yeah, hey, you don't hey, need hey, that guy. Hey, don't don't forget the vultures. The vultures that try to swoop in as soon as it's just like Blah, 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 oh, yes. is now single. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Hey, we should hang out. Yeah. yeah. You want to go get drinks? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, seriously? Yeah, well, what like, do you think about that, too? Like, people just going on, you know, Facebook and checking checking you out, you know? I mean, it's it's like it's like um That's it's like a public protocol. okay st- it's an okay way to stalk now I guess you could say as it, long as you're public. It's very weird. Your friends. I'm not a stalker. I'm a surveillance expert. <laughs> 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 I, I like that. Cool. Can I can I use that one yeah, too? Yeah, you, you go ahead. I'm right. a surveillance expert. See, but the thing now is, <laughs> instead of having a long focused lens, you have the internet. Yes. So you, don't, you don't need to be outside their apartment anymore. You can just be on their Facebook and find out everything you need to know about them. I think people with a long focus lens are just compensating. <laughs> that's that but that's another issue. I, that's how I feel about photographers most of the time. But, but yeah, yeah you just need to... It's digital ter- Zoom. It's right. digital Zoom, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's standard protocol, though. You meet somebody, you add them on Facebook, you stalk them a little bit, make sure they're not a serial killer. Absolutely. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And that happened to me recently. I met somebody. You met a serial killer? <laughs> I don't know yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I did meet somebody over the weekend, and uh, they added me on Facebook like almost right away. Yeah. So immediately, I research. I, I go on the page, find out as much as I can to find out, was this the right person I should have met? 
I mean, this is the same person they portrayed to me. Yeah. yeah. There weren't any deal breakers, were there? No, I didn't see anything. No. Okay. But then again, there's also the face of people that are very vague about it. They don't put much information out there. Ah, uh, yes. So it kind of like, uh, is that a good sign or is that a bad sign? No, I wore myself on my sleeve. Yeah, and same I, here. I should be. I'd rather, we're, I'd rather them decide early on that it's not going to work because of who I am. Right. Then somehow figure out like way, way down the road when it's just like, no, but I love you now. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my favorite thing is, you know, you're talking to somebody on Facebook and you're messaging here and there and, oh, let's go hang out. And then you make some posts and, and put some videos up and stuff. And, and then, you know, you don't hear back from them. You're like, hey, were you still interested? No response. Mm. Oh. Turns out, you should have liked bacon. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> but th- there was one thing that I think it was MySpace that had, which uh, I think was kind of uh, a positive slash negative because you can right. send somebody a message on on MySpace if you're old enough to understand what that is. I know it's outdated technology, but on MySpace there was a, a link or a information underneath the picture. I think that said last time they logged in was this date. Oh yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of dating websites have that too. So you can check in, you know, yeah. a last time somebody logged in and How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's a more appropriate way of giving somebody negative reinforcement to just like not respond? Cuz me that's, that's weird. I think it's weird. I think it's it's not owning the situation. To me, I'd rather just be like I'm doing something else or I'm busy right now or at least give them something where it's just like this is obviously negative reinforcement <laughs> as opposed to... Yeah, but, yeah, but, but what is it like, you know, sometimes you get negative criticism and positive criticism and sometimes if people don't say anything, then that means that they didn't have anything good to say in the first place. Hmm, so it's kind of like, you know, they don't really want to... I get it. I get it. They're not creative enough to improvise a <laughs> of response. Of course. <laughs> right, but like with MySpace did it, like you send somebody a message, like, all right, I sent a message on the uh, the 14th of February. Uh, last login. Well, that's very specific. Adam. May second. Have you not? Have I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you can check that on Facebook about. too. I mean, see when true? somebody. But um, you can see when somebody posted something last. You can oh, look yeah, at their. There you go. That's true. Yeah, you know, I and they're agree. they're obviously on there, and then and then you know you don't respond anything to them, and wait, they don't respond back to you, and then right. all of a sudden they start <laughs> they start liking your posts again, but yet they won't respond. Yeah, what about that message I sent back on February fourteenth? Yeah. What's yeah, what's up with that February 14th <laughs> message, yo? That's a random day I pulled out. <laughs> Not like it's Valentine's Day or anything. I think that's when we all met, didn't we? <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. But it's a weird thing because Facebook has become a way of life. It's, it's, it's almost, if somebody doesn't have a Facebook, it's it's they're it's weird. They're with the terrorists. They're, they're with the terrorists. That's that's, that's cool. I think are. I think they're just kind of, some people are just off the grid and they, they act, I think it's become cliche cool in a way to stay i'm not on facebook now but you know of course though if you're going to go on a date with somebody i always recommend google them absolutely yeah google them i mean and then they think it's weird did you no it ain't weird it's your it's you and you want to find out about them and that's public information exactly you should know that but like 10 15 20 years ago that was impossible to do what if they're on megan's law (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness i'm just saying I'm just saying that's a deal breaker so you're saying though well i mean i guess aside for the from the dating thing though I, i've been using the the facebook and the twitter and then also created a fan page for my film right. called captured melody, Captain melody yes. and 
Uh, it's been interesting. I've had it on for a few years now, and fans have been trickling in here and there. And we do have a campaign running now on Indiegogo. We're looking for 15000 And okay. um, so anybody wants to uh, take a splash and uh, start splashing so that we can make waves would be fantastic. So now, now what does that mean? Because you said you were on Indiegogo when uh, we were talking earlier. Now, uh, is that like Kickstarter? Yeah, it's like Kickstarter. It's crowdsourcing. Um, we're fiscally sponsored through a, another nonprofit's art organization called Fractured Atlas, which actually makes, when people make a donation to us, the tax, um, they're tax deductible, the donations. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yes. All right. So, um, which, which people should do, by the way, because if you just give your money to the government, they spend it however they like, but you can deduct. A lot of that, and then at least you have some control over where that money goes. Because basically, if you give it to the government, it's at their discretion. If you give it to your own charity, then you control exactly where it goes. It could be yeah, a cause that's that true. you like. So, I mean, if anybody out there, you know, I mean, we start our donations at $5 and go all the way up to 5000 And then if you want to go even more, you can um, contact me directly on um, Facebook page. Uh, I bet they'll have the information on the website. Yes, and we'll on the website. Yeah, and um, it's just a good way to kind of get involved for the good message. I think a lot of people now, not just myself, but I think it's really important that the media that we're sending our youth today, because the media from when I was growing up, like you were saying, the whole Disney princesses, the anti-Disney yes. film. I mean, I think that that – I was growing up with Madonna and the whole sexual revolution at the time, oh. you know, where – you know, it was it was meant for you to be as sexually provocative as you could, and she was working to press the envelope. And I think that that did influence influenced me greatly. I think it influenced a lot of other people too. But it really comes down to the parents. Um, what I've been interested in is recently, um, Lady Gaga just um, announced the Born This Way Foundation that she got together with her mother, and okay. I really liked um, their talk that they had. I think at Harvard University, but it's about kind of implementing better programs so that we can help really help our youth out. And it, it stimulates too that there was really no laws that you can put on parents, but it, it really needs to put some accountability into our parents and adults in our society to really be help, helping them out rather than sending them messages that might not give them the most positive. Regarding the relationship status or just in, like sexualization or sexual orientation or, or I think it's, it it's everything. It, it's sexual orientation, relationship status, bullying, violence, um, being treated with respect, being able to be who you are. I think that is the, the one big thing that, uh, I felt I've always, I've always felt like growing up, I was the black sheep. Especially in the school, especially in college, like it just didn't seem like I really fit in with anybody, and okay. it it was it was difficult because you're always thinking, you know, somebody thinking about me or, or what what's going on. But then when you really think about it, I think everybody else is really thinking, well, what's going on with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that it, it's kind of a general consensus. Um, I was kind of moved recently with the story that uh, I think it happened in Long Beach where. There was a, a 10-year-old and 11-year-old who got in a fight over a boy at yes. that age, and the uh, 10-year-old was killed. Is that correct, the 10-year-old? Yeah, the, uh, she, she was killed because of uh, <clears throat> apparently blunt force trauma. I yeah, she, to I the head. She got one knee to the head, and she didn't die right away. It was later on in the yeah, day Yeah, it was later on. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what's so and horrible, it was dude. That's why I'm scared to fight. I'm really, 
Well, no, I am. I'm really worried. Because, like, granted, I, I have training and I've taken jujitsu and I know how to strike. And, uh, you know, my dad was a boxer, so I know how to throw a decent punch. But you never know if whoever you're hitting has, like, some crazy precondition or if you hit them in the exact right way, which I'm sure is what happened in that circumstance. Yes. The girl didn't mean to kill the other person. That's what they're trying to find out right now. No. If, if it was a pre-existing condition where it was just... The, uh, they're trying to find out if the blow that was struck was yeah, intentional. She, yeah, because she had a blood clot that they were saying when um, she. Oh, there you go. But yeah. but I mean, it could have been it could have happened from the trauma or something like that earlier throughout the day. But the fight allegedly was about a boy. Right. Yep. And yeah. I mean, ten and eleven year olds having a, a fight about a, a boy already. I mean, it's almost thinking where's the accountability coming from? Uh, the parents who who where are they getting this information from? The media. You gotta uh, also think though, how hot does that boy feel right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, oh my god! He's just like <laughs> the bitches be fighting over me. Wow. No, wrong way on that one. Wow. <laughs> okay, don't let your head hit the doorway on the way out. <laughs> That's okay. I don't have a blood clot. Well, you know, oh. I think I think that brings Jesus. us up to into a, another interesting thing is that I mean, I'm trying to really recreate the fairy tale here or the idea of the fairy tale and, you know, from maybe the more of a woman's empowerment perspective. But really, I mean, from watching fairy tales as growing up, because I bet you guys have seen Disney fairy tales. Every I mean, single but one. But what? And how did how did you feel them. from the guy's perspective per se? No, I, I don't. I don't like uh, Disney in general. I think that early on, uh, Disney was was actually racist and sexist, and they basically brainwash our kids into a 1950s uh, idea of, of relationships in general. I have I have I'm very close with a lot of people that are gay. Uh, in, fa- in fact, m- uh, my roommates that I'm going to be moving out with are, are a lesbian couple, and um, they also have a huge problem with, with Disney just because of the portrayal. Oh, is that uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that makes a, a ton of sense because if, if you basically teach kids early on that the only like standardized version of a, of a relationship is a man and a woman and there's these very particular circumstances that things all progress through mm-hmm. that it's very easy for them to grow up and if they don't fit that model then they they grow up feeling like they're different and wrong and they they become insecure and unsure of themselves because their life doesn't reflect that standard and i think that's that's totally fucked up that you're teaching kids that what if your kid is gay you know, their kid. If a kid is gay now, growing up, having watched all these goddamn movies, they feel like there's something completely wrong with them because there's no thing that they were taught, no model in their mind that they fit into, where it makes them feel like it's normal. You know, you, that really brings up a really strong point, and it. I really think it depends yet again on the media and what we're sending out. And I honestly don't think that I would be comfortable watching a youth television show. I, mean, I am a little bit conservative on the way, even though I'm a little bit liberal. Um, I don't think that I would feel that comfortable watching a show that would show any kind of um, a gay relationship between like a 10-year-old or um, in, in, anywhere from a 10-year-old to a 14-year-old. I, I in in well, mainstream TV, you know, watching the stories like that, yeah. I honestly I don't think at this time right now that 
that's something that I would, that message that I would want to be sending out. I still think I would be wanting to send out a male female relationship. I mean, maybe there's some programming that would. How do you feel about that actually? Cause what do you, what do you think, Adam, on that one? It's, it's tough because we've actually had this conversation before about the uh, certain age at which that should be revealed to the children. Well, you have kids killing each other at 10 years old now. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah, that is true. When, where's your, where's your line that you, you draw? See, and, and that's, that's a very great issue for me because I, I, I feel like if you, if you're too young to understand the concept, then it shouldn't be taught yet. But at a certain point, it does need to be taught. There, there's a certain age and I don't know what the age is yet. I, but th- there is a time and a place where the whole uh, male, female, male, male, female, female thing should be brought up. But I don't know what that age is because it's, it's you're too young to understand it. And if I think if it's brought up too young, then it's going to start messing with your mind. And if if you're if you're too old, then you already have you're set in your ways. So I I don't I don't know what the age is. Yeah, I know it's definite... it's you, I'm agreeing. It's such a a really fine line. I have a friend of mine actually. Um, uh, who's a gay couple and they, uh, I guess are foster parents to, um, a, a few kids. And I just think it's interesting, you know, uh, out of all the loopholes and everything they have to jump through just to get, um, a kid, a, a kid, which I do think that a, a couple has a right if they want to have a child and bring it up in a loving environment. I think that they should. I don't have anything wrong with that. Right. But I think it is definitely different with the media. And what kind of messages they're sending out and how old they need to be to get these, these particular messages out, at least in the mainstream per se. I guess that's, that's my thing with Disney movies. It's just like, look, if, if gay couples can have kids, then I mean, why can't you just have gay Disney movies or gay depictions of Disney movies? If, if there, if there's these kids that are growing up and that come out of gay relationships and they're perfectly fine, functional people and grow up to be functional adults, then there's, there's nothing wrong with that and I don't, I don't think it's it's overly sexed or anything like that all they do is grow up having an impression that this kind of lifestyle is okay there are people that live outside of it there's people that live inside of it but that's a personal choice and and i think you can probably look at statistics and find that that's completely backed up and and i'm not talking about like pornography i'm not talking about anything <laughs> more explicit than just simply kissing which is probably the the like worst thing that they show in Disney movies. Yeah. I think it's kissing. Beyond a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, unless you're talking about Lion King, which was graphic. What? The whole, can you feel the love tonight? It's emotional love. That, oh my right? God. They were like on top <laughs> of each other. Like they didn't show, they showed faces, but you know, the waist down, they were just like humping the fuck out of each other. <laughs> oh. Yes, they were. That's... <laughs> it, was, it was about emotional connection. Even Timon and Pumbaa were talking about like if emotional they connection. Yes, emotional if, connection. Yes. If they fall in love, they we were lose wrestling, our and then music started playing, yeah, and the I, lights. I, I am recalling this wrestling. Are you kidding? But that's what they did as little kids. That was a wrestling move they did when they were kids. But uh, uh, so Rex, Rex, and now they're adults, and it leads somewhere else. Oh yeah, that's but, implied. That's your mind. That, how is that my mind? The wrestling is playful wrestling. It's not. It's Have not you noticed that all of the antagonists in that movie are minorities? What? <laughs> <laughs> have you? Have you noticed wow, that? Wow, it just hit me. All the antagonists in that movie are minorities. Mary, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, a less than educated person. <laughs> <laughs> All the antagonists in The Lion King are minorities. Except for Scar. That's a white dude. And Scar is a white dude. Because you know why? Because he's pulling strings. <laughs> no, he's pulling strings. <laughs> but can, can I ask you, I mean, because you were talking about the... Um, 
But what was your, what do you think your interpretation was as being a kid and kind of being the Prince Charming, like seeing that in, in the media? How did that make you feel? I just want to know from a guy's perspective, how did, how did that make you feel? Like how you were you supposed to treat a woman from watching these films? Oh, it made me seem. It gives you the impression that you're the man, and the woman's completely helpless, and you're supposed to sweep some broad off of her feet. And regardless of whatever circumstances she's in, you're supposed to be the the one to ride in and and save her from whatever circumstances she's in. And and she's gonna appreciate and love you for it for the rest of her life. And uh, it's completely wrong. It's it's not a what, nice, what do you what do you think, See, Adam? I, I I grew up on Disney and I, I love Disney. I'm a huge fan. I watch all the movies. I have all the soundtracks on my computer, on my phone, even because I it just it's it's great. I love it, and it the whole idea. I understand it's it's flawed, but it's somehow to me it's inspirational. I know that the the whole because I I picture myself as a Prince Charming, or I used to, not so much anymore because I've I've grown up and I've kind of grown out of that. But especially when I was younger, I wanted to be I wanted to be Aladdin. I, w- I wanted I wanted to be uh, I forget the guy's name in Ariel. I don't know his name. Prince right. Eric. Eric. Oh, there you go. Okay, I, I wanted to be Eric. I wanted to be all these people because in the just... original story, you know, she kills him to become human. She doesn't kill him to become human What's in the original, original story? story. I thought that's what it no. was. No, oh, no, she dies because she's supposed to kill him. But she then dies she decides in, in the yeah. original. Well, right. there's a couple of variations. No, in the in the original Hans version. Um, is it Hans Christian Andersen, correct? Yeah. yeah, in the original version, um, the girl, I guess, who plays Ursula or whoever, you know, in the Disney one was yeah. actually the one who like found her out or something. And, um, basically Prince Eric thought it was the other girl that saved him and not Ariel, the little right. mermaid. And then she didn't meet her time thing and she ended up dying and she became seafoam and just lived yep. her life throughout I'm the sea. I'm not listening. La, la, la. But, 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 but honestly, what, 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 what kind of made you think of this whole Prince Eric thing? Like getting back to that. I just, I, I like the idea that now that I'm saying it out loud and thinking about it, maybe it is a little chauvinistic that the, the male is the more powerful person and I am coming to the rescue where it's somebody's in a situation that they, they can't get out of by themselves. So I'm here to help them. And now, I'm the man. I I saved you, and now we live happily ever after. I don't dig all that stuff. I I enjoy that. It, it is a fantasy. It is a fairy tale, and I I understand that now. I don't. I don't but dig. I as a kid, I, I I thrived on that. Do you think that that kind of makes your at some point in the, some relationships that you've had that that's affected you? Absolutely. You know, wanting to yes. save somebody. I or? feel like that's a really negative uh, view because. What end, what you end up being in a relationship is v- v- extremely paternalistic because right. you feel like you know better. Right. And then not only that, once you start following through with those kind of paternalistic actions, it builds resentment in your partner. And then they up, end up hating you for the way that you've helped them because it robs them of any perceived confidence in their decision making. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so it's, it's just so just backwards thinking if anything you you'll be there to support your partner but only if they want help and not because they have a problem some sometimes girls complain and they just i know i know it's extremely hard to just do this but listen and <laughs> and empathize but don't fix and and that's all women want sometimes and, and the, i know it's because 
of us the way we are as men, we immediately jump to, well, why didn't you just fucking do this? Or let me do it. You know, kind of, kind of thinking. Right. What do you, what do you think about a girl who's like, oh no, honey, I got it. I can take care of it myself. Does that make you feel like you don't need her? Or she doesn't need you in a way. No, I'm good, dude. That's I'm golden. I I have so much shit going on myself. You know what? If you ask for help, I'll be there for you because I know it's serious. But if you're constantly asking for help, Jesus Christ. Yeah, now, but if, if she says she's got it just... covered and doesn't really need your help, do you feel like do you feel like that is a negative thing almost? When when I was younger, yes, because I wanted to be the Prince Charming that Disney wanted me to be uh-huh. that I wanted to be the person to solve all the problems. I wanted to be the person you relied on to fix anything and everything. Uh, nowadays, uh, I, I, I do enjoy that. I want somebody to be independent. I want somebody to have their life and me have my life and then we have life together, but they're not, it's not mutually exclusive. Yeah. There's nuanced ways where I could still feel like a man around a very independent woman. You know, when we're out, let me open your door. Let me pull out your chair. Let me do these these things Absolutely. that are maybe playing into a traditional idea. Oh yeah, my my favorite but one is I like um, doing those things. My favorite one is when you walk down the street and where the guy he walks on the, uh, the side, side that's street on the street side, side yes. right there. I love that one. Yeah, that's great, and I I do it all the time. Sometimes subconsciously. Or even very consciously, we'll be walking like, well, nope, I'm on the wrong side of the street. And I'll be like, hey, come over here. And they'll be like, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. No, I, I like, <laughs> I like the girl me. on the outside of the street because if she acts up, I'm going to push her. In the- <laughs> <laughs> so Is I that why you're going to push her chair in if she acts up and you'll just pull <laughs> the chair pull out? out of her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to open that door, slam it on her. Wow. Huh? What the door hit her? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, baby, do I look fat? <laughs> it's not the dress. No, no. <laughs> no your butt looks fat. <laughs> you are not your butt. It's a part of you. So, how about you? Um, when you grew up, how how did you portray Disney? The whole the whole fairy tale, everything. Yeah, how does this play into oh, your goodness? Idea? I I think so. I think a big part of it, you know, it's. It's like, you know, wanting to be special, wanting to be a princess, um, wanting to be accepted and, and be the, be, be like a hero, feel like the special gem that makes you this hero. And, and eventually it comes to, it's like the diamond in the rough, the diamond. Yeah. And then becoming the, the princess who gets the prince. Okay. So it, it kind of really left me like growing up in a sense. And I feel still today, it's like always, is he the prince charming? Oh, is he the prince charming? Oh no, it's him. But it's always, it's always the one that I'm into at that certain time. Right. I'm, I guess I'm, I, maybe I am a little bit of a serial monogamist is what you were saying. Yes. I probably should be more of a serial dater and just date more people. Diversifying your portfolio. Yes. I need to diversify <laughs> my portfolio a little bit more. There you go. Um, I'm available and. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm um, also to, to on a more of a personal level though. Um, when I was growing up, I was raised in a family where my brother is handicapped and he is a uh, mute and, um, he does have some developmental disabilities. And I kind of always maybe thought that that too kind of affected me in a sense because I always felt different to have that kind of person in my life. I felt that there was always something different about me to have a family where, um, 
where that was not the not the norm, basically. Right. See, that's what I hate about it too, though. I mean, this whole kind of leave it to Beaver idea that you build in your brain. If anything, just works contrary to that idea, you find yourself feeling extremely injured. You, that's true. I think injured, and then you're always thinking that you know you have to be careful in a sense to what other people are saying or you thinking. You feel you're always, different, but yeah. you're really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 you believe that everybody perceives that you're different. Yes, also, which is really the the big issue. Okay, but like uh, your situation is obviously different. Because, but don't you think it's good to achieve to a level of quote unquote perfection that it maybe is like the Disney they, the way they portray everything is life is perfect everything's great do you not think it's good to try to achieve or uh, at least strive for that level doesn't that make you better to achieve for the best possible situation no is, huh, I disagree because it's a disillusioned I, dis- I disagree to an extent but I, I understand what you're saying I think Rex is because there's always that point too where um I did a I'm involved with Toastmasters okay and we do public speaking and speeches and I did one about um how to be more rational than emotional in relationships and Ooh. I think that I like that by the way yeah it, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of related relationships to um finding a job and also finding an apartment it's kind of weird if you think about it in some strange it's about, it's almost about settling. You know, it's like, if you're going to, you settle for a job, right? You hate this crappy job. It sucks, but I need the pay and I'm going to settle. Right. So think about that in a relationship. This relationship sucks. Nobody else wants me, but I'm just going to stay with him because that, um, I'm happy enough. You know, I'm settling. It's like you, you settle for an apartment. Oh, I can't find a place right now. I'm looking for everywhere, but this is the only place that can have me. So you settle. Mm. And, the, and then that whole idea of not – of what you're saying, like um, you can settle. But then if you're always striving for this ideal, you know, you may never attempt that ideal. So your your level is so high that you're always striving for something, but you, you never get to experience it because you're always trying to reach for something. So it leaves you completely dissatisfied. Yeah, dissatisfied. Which I love. <laughs> <laughs> you love being dissatisfied? Yes. What? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I think it pushes me. It I wouldn't pu- want to sleep with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or would you want to sleep with me over and over again because it would consistently improve? Now, Ooh, okay. that's no. my point. That's This is what I'm getting at. Okay, is, that's, is that, in- that's a quite a spin. Uh, that's actually there. interesting. That's quite if, a spin. I like that. If you're constantly dissatisfied with everything, then it pushes you to become better and better and better. If you become satisfied or you learn to settle with what you have, then you sometimes cut yourself short because there's there's no room for self-growth and, and self-improvement. If you grow or improve yourself in that circumstance, suddenly you're better than your circumstance that you, than, than you were before. Perhaps at one point that was your level, but you're not anymore. And And I think that people should strive to grow and be better and do things with their lives. I, Is that not what I was saying? Yeah, strive for the best. Yeah, it, strive for perfection. You should, but there's a question... What, the difference between what you were saying and what I'm saying is there's a problem with what your act, what the end goal is. If, if the end goal is this kind of Disney ideal that you've built in your mind, I think it's the wrong end goal. I think you need to be honest about what 
an end goal should be, what that idea in your mind is that you're striving for so that it doesn't leave you unsatisfied in a way that you feel injured and, and wrong as a person. There are, are healthy ways to try to achieve a goal because the goal is, is more justified, good, and, and, you're, and it's fine. But mm. I think that when it, when it comes to things like Disney, uh, the goal is so far off the mark of what is, like, quote-unquote, morally right uh, that it, yeah, and it I don't think that there's, there's that many princes and princesses in the world. That is true. That that I, that is absolutely true. I only like one prince, and he wears purple. Oh, oh. no! Not a, not what? A fan. Not I a, love that guy. How do you not like him? <laughs> you have to be beautiful. That's the problem. The falsetto. I hate the falsetto. Are you kidding? What? All right. You don't like Michael Jackson either, or Freddie Mercury? Uh, Michael Jackson. I'm pretty sure that was mostly his natural voice. Uh, whoa! So it's still falsetto. So it's not falsetto. Falsetto is mean. It's a false uh, tone that you're achieving. It's not your natural tone. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I thought it was interesting how we were talking about this whole like reaching, striving for this ideal thing. Yes, that's what we're you know, about. and trying to make something <laughs> you know better. But there's almost so much point that you can try to make something like try harder and harder and harder to succeed at something, but then realize that maybe that's just not. Like in people, you know, you date somebody and you can try as hard as you can to make them like you, but no matter what, they might not like you. So I, I, and you keep right. trying. Maybe it's just like you, you have to just learn to, uh, not learn, but just move, shift your focus and just go a different direction. I always hated that term, you know, you just need to move on. Just need yeah. to move on. Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, I don't like that. I don't like having to hear, I need to move on. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather learn and grow from the situation. I like to learn and grow and, and experience something, you know? I think that that's why we're relationships. You, you want to be in relationship because you learn and can grow and you can, you can, there's always something new that you can have with this person and, and a new adventure. And if you're kind of in the same thing all the time, you know, it's like almost like, what's the point? How are, how are they making you a better person? I think that that's really why you want to be in a relationship because you want to find somebody who wants to make you a better person. Very true. I but see, an, another uh, phrase that I grew up with, and maybe this is also the Disney naivete that I have, that, uh, it's uh, strive for the moon. Yeah. Even if you fail, you land amongst the stars. So that, that's that's kind of how the whole thing is. Strive for perfection. I I want to strive for perfection, and even if I don't get perfection, I'm still in pretty good shape at the end of the day. Yeah. And then that's that's kind of how I feel. Like yes, Disney may be the goal that I strive to, that I strive to attain. Yeah. If I don't get that that goal, what I end up with is still pretty damn. But good. I I think that's the problem. I think that is Disney's off the mark. It is off the Dis- mark. Disney's but off the mark. I feel like it's a good thing to strive for because even if you do come up short, you got a good life ahead set for you. I disagree. No, because mm-hmm. I think that Disney's so far off the mark that it's not a good end goal. Well, I think that they're 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 changing with different material that's coming out. Um, but I still don't think they're. When is it? The Tangled was their last, but before that, the Princess and the Frog. I didn't really right. like the. I didn't like the message. Like, it ends up needs that you need the prince to still save you and give you all the cash so that you can have your business. Right. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Hey, I'll take any prince who wants to give me the cash but so I can make my movie. She did work hard at the beginning to get. <laughs> yeah, to that goal. of course she did. I mean, I, I don't think that that was misconstrued, but it was kind of like the prince was the way out at the end to help save her financially. Yeah, it's like a chauvinistic view too, because like, oh, the guy comes in with all the money. But that guy was a douchebag. 
I don't know. I didn't see the uh, whatever the Prince and the Frog. The guy was he was kind of douchey. Was he? He was he was a broke down prince trying to get married just so he can get his wealth back from his parents. You know what I did like is Gaston. <laughs> in, in Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Beast. I love Beauty and the no, Beast. No, I like Gaston because he was a fucking prick, and they depicted him as an like <laughs> a, as an antagonist. They nailed that. They nailed, yeah, they totally. Nailed and I was just like, you're right. Gay sidekick that was like always up on his jock. What's up? With oh that? my goodness, that was a little weird, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was a little weird. Made me feel bad about like why are you depicting that guy as gay? <laughs> gay people are not like that at all. And the, I mean, that's unfair, but. Uh, <laughs> But 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 I I liked it because Gaston is kind of like this chauvinist douchebag. He's a stereotype guy that was a jock in high school. Uh kind of kind of I, I see it that way. Hey, I mean I I wrestled, I played football, but <laughs> I wasn't like that. And and Can you break a belt with your neck muscles? <laughs> <laughs> did he do that? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. Gaston can. I can wrap a belt around a neck. I mean, no, no, no. But, but uh, he just. I liked it because they depicted him as a negative person. Absolutely. I like that as, as opposed to other antagonists, which tend to be nerdy, maniacal people. Where I'm just like, I, I disagree with that in general. Well, what Disney mm. movies are you talking about? Nerdy, maniacal pe- pe- people that are patronizing or paternalistic because they think that they know better. There's a lot of films like that where like somebody thinks they know better because they're smarter and right. and they depict those people as negative. But okay. I like the ones better where it's just like here's this douchebag jock guy who people have been taught to to like. Well they think is they like that. Okay. But I see where you're going. It's like not. That. It's really not because because it, I think it falls outside of what the norm is most of the time. Did you guys see? I did think though that one Disney film I actually really liked was uh, Enchanted. Oh my god, I was about to bring that up. My favorite Disney movie of all time is Enchanted. I actually really like that movie I too. Because it. it starts off cartoon, but then it comes to real life. The real in New life, York, yeah. Which uh, because it brings the oh, I'm getting chills talking about it right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, it takes the Disney vibe and puts it in real life. So it kind of adapts it to like, all right, this is how Disney would be if it was in New York, which is not not a Disney town at all, not at all. So it's, it's a very rude awakening for the uh, for the, for the girl, and uh, it's it's just it's all. Wasn't her name Princess Giselle? Giselle, yes, Giselle. Giselle, Giselle. Yes, uh, but I just lo- I Amy, love it. Uh, Amy Adams. Yeah, Amy Adams. Oh. I, I think she portrayed oh. a fantastic job, and I so good. I love the story though because you know the end was she she actually. She fell in love with somebody else, and she didn't fall in love with that prince per se. And, right. And uh, he f- fell in love with somebody else and took her back. Right. You know, that was a I thought weird. that I thought, the, the, the switch at the end. Well, like, yeah, but partners, you know, it's still but... got to be happy in some way. Come on. Right. So they're swingers. <laughs> oh goodness. That's what's going. It was true love, Rex. Did you? What else did you like about Enchanted? I I just I liked the fact that. Well, the thing that I enjoyed the most about it was because they break out in musicals, like a song, mm-hmm. in the middle of somewhere a song that should never be played. And they, <laughs> and they kind of play it off very well, I think, where she starts singing and the guy's like, what, what are you doing? What, what's going on here? Stop singing. Stop it. Yeah. You're embarrassing me. And she just keeps going. And then everybody starts joining in like randomly and is like, what is, what is happening? And he's confused the whole time. 
It's just, it's just like, because it takes the Disney and puts it in real life, and that, that's what I enjoyed the most about it. It's my biggest problem about Disney versus real life. <laughs> the musicals? Yeah, people don't <laughs> break into song nearly as often as they should, Adam. As they should, yes. yes. That's true. I it, agree with that one. We should choreograph something. <laughs> exactly. All the time. Do one of those uh, flash mobs. We do do that <laughs> shit randomly. We'll sing Sinatra tunes. That's true. All that the time, true. and then people look at us oddly. But you, why did you bring up Enchanted? Is it, was, was that because it's more kind of... It's it's more kind, your, uh, it's more I guess I would say more towards changing the fairy tale, and Absolutely, I thought that, that is true. What it inspired what I really liked about that too is that they actually had spent uh, ten years to to actually I guess write that film and is develop that, right? that film. Yeah, because they wrote it in the visual effects that they wanted to do at that time just were not possible. It's kind of interesting. Okay. I've worked in the visual effects industry for some time. Um, I worked on uh, Tron Legacy and oh, um, my God, that is awesome. I had worked uh, at a motion capture house where I worked on Avatar and did some um, different motion capture work. Cool. And uh, it's just kind of interesting to see how visual effects have changed so much, especially in our lifetime. I, I think really one of the biggest pioneers is really been James Cameron just kind of pushing the envelope and then making everybody go from there and seeing what differences they can add to films and how much uh, it can really change a film. Maybe it's my ignorance, but I feel like, I think it's kind of weird when you're like, well, we were waiting for the technology to catch up to it. But then like you go back and you watch Star Wars in 1971, you're just like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's still amazing. <laughs> it's still like you still watch it now and you're like, lasers and lightsabers and shit and like how the fuck did he think of this let alone create the technology to pull it off oh yeah because he, he did that lucas, lucas oh yeah ilm and everything like that yeah but, but at the same time you watch episode three versus episode uh two well, yeah you mean four versus <laughs> four, uh, four versus three that's what i'm gonna say yeah there's a huge jump in technology you can't deny that i i yeah i mean you can't deny it but yeah, so it was good for its time but Based on what we have now, it's 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 just it's nuts. It's I really love those uh, the Star Trek, the old Star Trek, and how they actually redid all the scenes. All right. Yeah, when you know how they look through their monitor, and then yeah. it'll show the outside, and it's all updated, and they used the new visual effects in it than with the old stuff that they yeah, had. Yeah, the, the, re, the redoing. The, how pimp was the the latest Star Trek movie? Did you watch that uh, with, with Skyler? Oh my god. Huh? Yes. From Heroes? Yes, 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 with that guy. Chris that, Pine? Yeah. Oh my God, that movie was amazing. I love it. Was that so was a fantastic amazing. movie. I love that chills. love story between Spock and that one girl. Oh, I don't remember her name, uh, but how he, they, they kind of liked each other. Yeah, yeah. they had their thing. Uh, a very exotic name. But that, that movie, it gave me chills at the end. At the end of the movie, because they start playing in like the old school Star Trek, like, wasn't the original Spock in that? The original Spock was... Yeah, he, he was. was yeah, that. yeah. That, that's one, awesome. Yeah. It was. It was way awesome. I, I'm getting chills talking about that, too. Traveled um, through time. I'm, I'm nerding out and also disney out. It's very so, weird. So I have to ask you guys a question. <laughs> yes. So you can always tell a lot of, about a person when you ask them about what their favorite film is. So, Rex, what's your favorite film? We have the same favorite film. Yeah. It's Fight Club. Fight Club. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> like Fight Club that no? much. <laughs> oh. That it's is so okay. anti-traditional anything. Though. You are not your Fight Club opinion. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I kind of definitely appreciate it. I just don't. I'm not into the super violence and all, but you know, looking into the mirror and he and he sees himself and realizing all that. You know, it, it's got it's got a good point. I I think definitely, but it never rang true definitely for me. But that's interesting. Like you guys both like 
Fight Club. I mean, yeah. what's a second favorite movie? Uh, second favorite movie. Let's see. See, the the first one that pops to my head, which is, is go, is, is Face Off. I know it's it's not a very well done movie, and the, the storyline is kind of weird. Uh, but some when I first watched it, and even now watching it again, I just I just get excited about it. I, I, it's it's very it's very out there as far as like concept goes, uh-huh. but I think it's the the fact that uh, Travolta and Cage, the way that was like I think the best acting they've ever done in their entire lives, mm. especially Cage because goddamn nowadays, he's, he's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that I like Nicolas Cage because it is. He does now. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it, it is. Oh my god! But that that was the best I think he's ever done in any acting role whatsoever because he was Nicolas Cage or uh he he was he, he was Archer and he was Troy, uh, at the two different. I uh, just ah, uh, it, it must have been the acting. That's what it must have got me. I don't know what it is. The acting. What about for you? Um, at that point, see, for me, the big problem is you don't really have a lot that measures up to Fight Club in my mind because <laughs> Fight Club is so philosophical it, to me personally, and the, and the acting's on key, the dialogue's on key. You got a lot of like internal monologues going on that that really play to the movie. Um, I think uh, another film by the same director, uh, Seven, uh, was, was just amazing mm-hmm. yeah, because I, it, it really does engage me mentally, but the, the acting is also there, even though it's also with Brad Pitt. Um, a lot of movies that are like that, that, that really just capture my attention. It's not just simply enjoyable because it whisks me away to some like alternate universe. Cause there's plenty of films like that that are like, uh, that, that you look like, um, Matrix. You know, the, the Matrix, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, uh, The Fifth Element. Oh, um, oh, I love that opera singer in The Fifth yes! Element. Yes, that breakdown. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there are plenty of those, and and it's and not to take away from them, they're they're very very good. I and like Bruce Willis, them. By the way, Bruce Willis. Huh? By the way, he has a Bruce okay. Willis. Bruce Willis. He's got a man crush on Bruce Willis. Huge. Oh. Um, but I really like the stuff that's just psychologically thrilling and engaging. I like film noir a lot because it, it gives you a deeper look into the actors' minds. You know, I like uh, Chinatown. I, oh, definitely probably one of my favorite films, uh, The Black Dahlia Murder. Mm. That is Never just, that. it was great. I, it's a great, great movie. Because I haven't seen that, but I did hear really good things about that. It's it's great because it's film noir style in the same period, and you get to like hear the thoughts of the protagonist as he w- kind of like walks you through things. It's it's a great great film. I I love those kind of films where you get a lot more of the main actor's introspection. Mm. Uh, the, I mean, the main character's introspection. My my favorite films yeah, are um, my favorite films are E. T. It's okay. one of my favorite films, and uh, Avatar. I did like Avatar. All my friends don't like it because apparently it's a repeat of a, a bunch of other movies. Pocahontas. Yeah, they always say the Pocahontas story. Yeah, but... and Dancing with Wolves, apparently. But see, I never saw uh, Dancing with Wolves. Pocahontas, I didn't see that much of a connection. I do now, but when I first saw it, it just it was it was great. I, I did enjoy it. I enjoy it quite I a bit. Look, I know you worked on it, but really, un- unobtainium. <laughs> unobtainium. That's, unobtainium. That's unobtainium. A little, that's a little, uh, Lackluster as far well, as I really, I really like him. Um... Never getting him? Is that also an Never getting him. No? <laughs> Im- impossible getting him? No? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I really, I really like stories that, um, like, uh, 
even like Elliot and E.T., like E.T. really emphasized with Elliot made him feel special. It was in- a very emotional movie. That's yeah, it was, and it made yeah, him yeah. feel like he was learning something. It kind of relates to me from my childhood of my brother because my brother's mute and he doesn't speak. Okay. And my brother had used a communication device in order to um, talk. No. Similar like yeah. how E.T. did. E.T. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really, really identified it a lot with that story. Um, even with Avatar too, I always have something in me. I always appreciate characters who have a disability and are able to experience life through some way. So that's always kind of really impacted, um, me as a storyteller and being able to really appreciate and identify those movies. I, I, th- I think. Another big movie that I really like too is uh, Eternal Sunshine from the Spotless Mind. Absolutely, I I love Jim Carrey. I have a huge crush on him. All right, I think he's a great actor, but I did not like that movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I did not like it. I just love the fact that you know sometimes you have these relationships, you're just so in love with somebody, and your heart is so in there, but. Honestly, like you just wish you could forget them because you almost think that that would make your life so much easier. That's what I didn't like about it. No, but that's what the whole thing is about. That's that's what spoke to me the most. It was like, I want to forget them. But then you start looking back like, wait, there's certain things I don't want to forget. Well, the whole time, the whole movie, I'm just like, you're a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No? I'm not supposed to say that. No, he's just so cute. It's so adorable in the whole movie. I love it. The Michelle Gondry take on it. Fabulous. It's, it, it was it was very good. What was the weird movie with Mark Wahlberg that was all about like philosophy and postmodern like stuff? And... Uh, Planet of the Apes? Just kidding. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I... No, no, no. Mark Wahlberg was in it. That younger actor that was kind of weird. And and uh, Dennis Hoffman. Dennis I'm not recalling. Are we going to have to IMDb this? Yeah, we, we might. Oh, but no. but no, no, don't worry. Don't worry about right. it. It's not that important. If I can't remember the goddamn movie, I don't care. Right. Yeah. But anyway, we've done a lot of talking. We're almost out of time here, but we didn't talk about your project too much. Well, well, we did talk about like I guess the biggest the part is the feelings and and like why I want to make it and and the love and that sort of thing. And I think it's just a, a project. It's a fairy tale that I really want to empower young girls to um, rethink. You know, getting into involved with somebody and being able to get to know somebody first, because right. I think that's just a valuable lesson. Once you can really, um, if we can teach more of these lessons and we can say, you know, we've done our job as um, being educators and adults to um, help our youth out and to give them, you know, give them the tools that they're going to need to make their decisions in their life. And if we can just hone in and break the cycle of negative relationships and abuse and not self-love. I think that all these other issues are quite important and they're all related to the film. It's like me being a filmmaker and a storyteller is, is um, uh, being a director is my favorite passion and being able to um, tell my story and share this with other people and to get them involved and actually um, have a sense or a change in perception since viewing my material is my main goal. And if I can get them to change a part of their perception or inspire them or to make them remember something about the story, then I will feel I have succeeded as a director. Okay, so where are you now in the process? And right now I'm in the process of fundraising. We've done a trailer already. I do have the Indiegogo pitch up. I've been making some extra contact calls with different uh, domestic violence shelters to get them possibly involved in using this as an educational tool um, for some of their children because definitely a lot of people who come to these domestic violence shelters do have kids and the kids um, – 
are there and they probably need to be um, talked to, supervised, counseled, and, um, you know, maybe it could be a, a material that they're given. And watch something that makes them feel like their life is okay. Yeah. It's like, it's okay, okay. you know, whatever is going on, it, you know, you're going to make it through it. And I think that that's really important is being able to em- empower other people to just be really um, um, confident with who they are inside, especially young women, because I think that that's the biggest thing is young women have a lot of issues to break with, you know, relating in regards to media of sexuality and being accepted and, um, you know, not having people like you and trying as hard as you can. I think there's, there's a lot more differences for boys and girls at, um, at these young ages and it's, they're very crucial. So. Okay. So how did the, uh, how did the whole process start? You, you had the idea for the movie and uh, you, you got together with the writer and you started putting stuff together. And so as of now, you have a trailer and you're trying to get the funding to do the rest of the movie. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Trying to get the funding to do the rest of the movie. I think, um, Right now, we're, I've spent a lot of, I spent a lot of time and, and money and effort right now on buying a lot of things that we could use for the film. Okay. So I have invested money in that, but we also need money, you know, to pay for, um, gas and generators and right. lights and all, all the sort of thing, camera equipment and hopefully enough to compensate some of our crew who are going to be working on this project. Uh, we probably got anywhere between an eight to a 10 day shoot in front of us and then, um, on top of that too, my, what I've kind of estimated as a project being about $55,000, I do want to wow. shoot it in stereo 3D. Right. Um, people say like, why stereo? It's just like, you know, here and there. It's maybe it's a fad, but I really want to be the next big filmmaker. That's what I'm, you know, as we're saying, you know, you have to have these really high goals to strive to. Yes. And that's, I, my, one of my biggest, people that really inspires me is really um james cameron and he inspires me so much right and i would be i would love to make um other stereo films and get more um girls and young women involved in stereography and more technical careers and more art and just get them involved in more things that involve visual effects because i think that they're they're, they make a lot of these films towards boys uh, okay. towards getting more of the male audience. And I would really like to bring this more for, um, bring it more ahead for the female audience. And that's kind of where my real passion is at is inspiring females, get them to be the leaders of tomorrow with all the tools that I can have and give them and teach them, you know? So I think our biggest thing is really storytelling because I think through any kind of stories, whether it be a story, a, a song, a, uh, a poem that you heard, uh, maybe a verse in the Bible, whatever it is, it's it's just something that kind of changed your perception or made you think outside yourself to wonder what else is there more for me? What else can I strive for? What else kind of a person do I want to be? It really offers a lot of, of questions and can make you make you even laugh or cry or say, I don't want to be that person anymore, or I do want to be that person. I think that storytelling is so powerful. And and it is good because uh, we, we met you at a collaboration events, I guess. Yeah. And the the trailer that you showed, it it did it, it got to me. I, I enjoyed the concept of it, the whole premise. I, I, I love it to death. Because maybe it's because I like the Disney aspect of it, and this is kind of – Against that, or not against that, but like the story after the Disney, after the happy ending, this is what happens afterwards. Yeah. So that, that, that got me. And I really wanted, I'm very curious about it. 
So I, it's just so it's going to keep going, and you're going to keep filming. You're going to keep doing all those things. But if you go to Indiegogo.com/slash/CapturedMelody, this is where you can make donations. Yeah, it's uh, it's Indiegogo.com captured uh, hyphen melody. Hyphen melody, yes. Yeah. I think you can get to it the other way, but I would go there, you know, help us out, make a donation. I also have a website that um, you can purchase some shirts that I made. I made some uh, glow-in-the-dark glitter fairy wing shirts, and right. you can go to glowwings.com. That's G-L-O-W. Do you make those in male sizes? I- uh, no, no boy shirts. Honestly, sorry, I wanted website. to do that, but it's, a, it's so, don't ever get into the t-shirt business unless <laughs> you're really fond of it and you love it and you want to promote it. It's difficult. It's hard to sell apparel, especially too when you got like, so I'm, 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 I feel like sometimes I'm such a James Cameron at whatever I do. It's like I have to make it so special or something and I had to make glow in the dark ink that sparkles. Okay. And it turns out <laughs> that I had to make it myself in order to actually do it and, learn about right. pigment and all this other kind of stuff so it costs you 40 bucks to make one shirt that you're selling for 20 or something and you're losing yeah it didn't money. cost me that much to no. make a shirt but <laughs> you can definitely check them out on glowings or for young girls and uh, women shirts and i mean anything that helps to just support us so if you can get out there and and uh, make a donation on indiegogo that would really help yeah, like you're saying, now Indiegogo is something I never heard of. This is a place you can go. People that want to make, uh, independent uh, films. There's it also from Yeah, kind of independent stuff. films, um, different art projects, anything. You know, people can use Indiegogo as crowdsourcing. So, um, that's what we're doing right now is putting this up so we can, uh, get a little bit of, um, kickstarting funds in a, well, not on Kickstarter yet, but a little bit of funds to kind of kickstart us to get us going and get us some more things secured. Cause there's a lot of different aspects of the story that, um, you know, require capital. Right. It's a film. People are saying, well, you can do filmmaking on a budget, you know, for a thousand dollars, but not when you're trying to make like a stereoscopic live action CG children's film. It's, it, it's and fantasy and fairies with it's a period piece with costumes. I mean, this is a, a, a it costs so much yeah. more. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. This one. is not something for YouTube. This is something for cinema. On a thousand dollars bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's something, I mean, the trailer right now is on YouTube. I ultimately, I'd like to see it in, um, festivals where we could post it on as 3D and in 2D in festivals, science fiction fantasy festivals or anything related to children's festivals. Um, also too, like I said, educational tool for some domestic violence shelters is just to, um, get it out there and, and be able to send the material out to some of their, um, their people who use their services and to use it as a tool for others to help break the cycle. Right. Cause, uh, breaking the cycle is what's really important. If we can change a gen, I think it's every generation we're offering something new. It's like before, I mean, we didn't even have cell phones when I was a kid. Right. And I can remember being kind of a teen and having this big clunky cell phone in my hand. <laughs> and now we have like the iPhone. It's like. Or a pager. Do you have a pager? I actually never had a pager, but <laughs> I did page my friends. Yeah. But. Yeah. All the numerical codes. Yeah. Are, I remember oh, all the little things that you could put in there. <laughs> I remember that, but it, it's just changing so much. And I, I mean, I, I, granted, I think that it's, it's, it, it's still a process. All this feminism and women's rights too. There's been a point of it where I think it's, it's hurt women more than help women at a, at a sense because they want so much equality from men for, uh, to be, um, 
to be like men and to be on the same level. Mm-hmm. But I, I, me personally, I always say women and men will never be the same until a man has a baby. Oh. So if if a man can't actually bear and give birth, then there there really is a difference between our sexes. Stem cell research. <laughs> yeah, you're back to that again. You're back just, to that again, Rex. I, I saw this documentary uh, where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger got pregnant. A documentary? Um, documentary. Was it not? No. I thought uh, it was a – wasn't it a film, right? Or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought documentary. You guy, you. But yeah, so uh, go to Indiegogo.com uh, slash Captured-Melody. This is where you can donate to the film. There's also a trailer there that uh, – is it the most recent trailer you have up right Yeah, now? the most recent trailer. We also have the uh, – I have a pitch video too that can be seen on Indiegogo. And then we also do have the video available on YouTube 3D. So if uh, you know how to use YouTube 3D, you can um, – Use your um, anaglyph glasses or you can use your Ooh, special nice. monitor or whatever and watch it in 3D. Fancy. Um, or Dig you it. can just uh, go and boogly-eyed and do it a little cross-eyed. <laughs> there so, you go. past the screen and it comes out at you or something. That's right. That's yeah. right. You oh, know, and they're going to be like, what are you looking well? at, honey? Yeah, you got storyboards on here as well. It's just, it, it looks good, I got to say. And the trailer that, that uh, is on the website, I, I do enjoy it. Yeah, I've spent a lot of hard work doing this um really this whole project and getting a lot of different aspects of it together. And it's just, it's been a long journey. I mean, it's been since Did probably you ever two- think about going the other way on that. Like, like it'd be easier to attract money. It was just like, well, I spent 10 minutes on that, but as you could see, it's very, very good. So imagine <laughs> what could happen if you gave me money. I spent like an hour. I'd have like a whole full feature film. You ever think about going the other way? Uh, feature. Well, the thing is, this right now it's it's for a my degree. So, but of course, a feature is where I would love to take this. I I mean, I have products. I have the shirts. I have the toys. I have a whole fantasy world that would be a perfect uh, franchise. You know, hopefully, maybe somebody would believe in me and not use the soul. Oh, you don't have a a book already that's been published and thousands <laughs> of people have bought. No, but the I got a great vampires. Yeah, but I got oh, a great original oh. idea. <laughs> I got an original idea. Come on, take a chance on an original idea rather than regurgitating so much material because right? you're such pussies and you don't want to take a chance. See, and, and that's mm. what drew me to the concept most of all because I haven't Excuse me on the pussies comment, but no, it's that's okay. Fine. I'm wearing off on you. It's good. <laughs> I know. I th- I thought that was it, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what drew me to the concept most of all is because this is something I I have not seen yet. Every movie, every rom-com, everything is happy ending, end of story. They never show the movie two months later, three yeah. months later, after the happy ending. Really now look sure. at these every people that are, they movie, hate each other. Every, they hate each other now. Every massage. Every, every, <laughs> every all that stuff. Every, everything. After it's, the ending, then what happens? happy ending. It's just, yeah, it's, it's after it's the not, ending. It's not, it's very messy. <laughs> it's very what? It's very messy. The, the way things end up. Yes. Anyways. Yeah, but I, I, that's why I, I really did enjoy the the pitch that you made at at the event we were at because it is something new. It is something fresh. A lot, a lot of the movies that are out now are just uh, remakes, reboots of something else. This is something that I I have not seen before, which I'm I'm excited to see the. Yeah, the I'm product. I'm very thankful for that. It's kind of interesting because a lot of people, you know, everybody perception is all in the beholder, really. Perception is people make comments about my project to me or, oh, I didn't like this, but you could have changed this or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I just did the best I could right now with what I had. If we had more money and more funds, I bet you we could really, really, you know, take this up a notch. So, uh, if if you go to the website, there's different tiers here, which, which I, I was reading these and these, these are great. Uh, you have a, anywhere down from $5 
where you are a, a fairy, you get fairy dust. And yeah. then all the way to the maximum, well, on the website anyway, if they want more, they can always email you directly. That for sounds 5, like you're giving somebody PCP. Yeah, for 5000 you can become a producer, producer. on the film. That is If awesome. you want to contact me through Fractured Atlas and make a donation uh, of 10000 you can become an executive producer on the film. Nice. Um, we have all the different levels on there. You can get receive a uh, digital script copy of the film, a uh, actually copy of the film. There's all different kind of things, little badges and certain things. And, of course, you'll get a Facebook shout-out and a Twitter shout-out, all that stuff. Even all a Skype the, phone call if you don't Yeah, if you get a Skype phone call, you know, with me, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you like it is. Yeah, or, you'll hear that story. I'll tell you some war stories. I'll, I'll help you on your love relationships, or I'll give you, a, give you advice on whatever you'd like. But... Um, you know, any way that you can get involved is fantastic. Even if you go to our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com forward slash captured melody movie, you can like us on there and uh, share us. And even a like really helps. And that just kind of helps spread the word out. Um, but anything that I'm on Twitter too, uh, Twitter at uh, captured melody is my Twitter name. And we're also on YouTube. Um, youtube.com forward slash captured melody movie. I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, captured mm. melody. I think that's the uh, that's I, the thing. I think that's the yeah, extension. I think if you Google that, pretty much you'll get yeah, where you need you to get Yeah, you Google right? it, you'll get the thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So w- w- what I would like, what I think would be fantastic is if um, our listeners uh-huh. donated enough money collectively to make Rat Pack Podcast a producer on the show. Oh, on, there you on go. The movie. Oh. That'd be great. Produced by Rat Pack Podcast. I would that like would that. be good. That'd Rat be Pack Podcast. Right? Get on there. So get, donate, yes. motherfuckers. Yeah, yes. if you want to, if you want to, if you want to donate, and you want to to get a Rat Pack Podcast a collaborative producing yeah. credit, um, go ahead and uh, put a comment on there in your donation, or definitely send it in that you'd like this to go towards a Rat Pack Podcast as a producer. Uh, yes, I, can I want, definitely make that happen. I want our podcast, which is basically a compilation of different podcast about drinking and womanizing to <laughs> to definitely be an, get an executive credit on this this movie that's about female empowerment i dig yes I dig. it's kind of interesting that you say that because most of the people <laughs> that have given me money though have actually been males as opposed to females is that right yeah and i thought that was pretty interesting more men actually support the project than females do really I, yeah well, i'd like that- to say though because on a men's perspective you know if you Give the uh, give a girl a better idea to be friends with you first. Maybe it might work out that you know she might not turn that crazy and start chasing you. I <laughs> actually just want to just let you go and not even waste her time. So they're just kind of paying it forward on the time that like they broke up with the chick, but she didn't chase them with a knife. <laughs> like that's what happened. Yeah. I, you know uh, the the funny thing about that is though is like the other end of it. Like why why women? Why why were they not like? I think that kind of plays into the the whole fact that we're like we were we were actually su- uh supportive and receptive to the idea of like oh yeah independent women you know all this stuff I I dig I think that's way more attractive Absolutely and, and uh Absolutely given given the way we are perhaps you might think that we're chauvinistic or whatever because <laughs> because know, of the way we live our lives I don't know what no. I don't know but <laughs> maybe it's the alcohol Nah <laughs> yeah you know I I'm wearing old spice and drinking scotch I, so it's like you know one one leg away from a trifecta of chauvinism Right but 
no, I think men men aren't trying to hold women back. I don't think. I I I think you'd be hard pressed for to find the guy that was just like, no, I want them to be in their place. Yeah, because uh, like I was saying earlier, when 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 I was younger, I wanted to be the prince charming. I mm-hmm. wanted to be that guy because that's just the way I was brought up, I guess. Uh-huh. But now, as a as an older person, as a more mature person, I want an independent woman. I want somebody that can do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so, for a woman to be reliant on a man, is it's it's not attractive anymore. It was when I was in my Disney phase. It's not because I got enough of my own things to work on. I don't need like somebody. Somebody else needs to work on all my yeah. time. So basically. I think everybody, male or female, should be self sufficient. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that is, I think, the thing to strive for. Well, to to an extent, I mean, it, it's it's understandable that you do need help every once in a while. That's the whole point where you have friends. That's yeah. you know, yeah. the, you have a relationship because you know you can rely on that person when it really comes down to it, and you you need need help. Mm-hmm. I, but if you have that concept, that person that needs help all the time, that's the point. Is just right. like. God, I really, I really like how you out. said that though. It's because even for the feature film, I think that that's something that I would like to tap onto, uh, tap into would be the more kind of, um, independent character still have a, a romance involved or something, but still kind of really empower the character to, um, be okay with themselves, be secure. And I mean, that's the most important message that I think that we should be sending out to young people because I, I definitely think that there would be boys who would enjoy the story too and find some, something they'd be like, Oh, I like this. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's kind of scary and it's this and that and, and still be like, wow, you know, um, she's friends with, uh, Beth is giving Oliver a chance, you know, that's nice, you know, I think that they can find it endearing as well. So I, I don't want to completely say this is an all girl themed film. I think that it's, it, yes, it is about women empowerment, but I think that it's for in, children in general to really just enjoy and enjoy a, a good fairy tale, um, that is, that has a, that has just a, a different message and that a different message is still right. one that is positive. Yes, something you haven't seen before. I, from what I from what I get, it's something I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. which is always something that you want to watch. You want yep. something new, something fresh, and this this to me is that, which is why I, I like this so much. Oh well, thank you so much. Yeah, but also there was something uh, you have uh, some 3D animation in there as well, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I had a character model basically model the character for me, and then I made some adjustments and stuff like that. But uh, I did the built a character rig, like to make the character move, and I built a built a bunch of face shapes too. Um, so a blend shapes basically, so the character could move its mouth and make some facial expressions. So I did some of the work on that. I did some of the animating as well. I had another animator come in um, and do some of that work as well um, in regards to the um, animation portion so you're, he could help me out because we were just trying to get this thing done. You're turning Adam on. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, I, um, and yeah, then, I, um, I, and then my to, little 2D... I animation, so I, it's, it's, I'm very interested in that kind well, of Well, I was thing. just going to say, my little 2D-like animation was like my little smoke effects and stuff like that as well. Just want to do something quick and not have to make it 3D on the smoke effects because the idea was just to sell the idea of the story rather than right. making it technically complete, technically super complete. I want to make it look technically good. Yeah. But I mean, but with more funding comes more. When more funding details. comes, the more the details Absolutely. and that sort of thing. So. Okay. I'm Very glad good. you noticed that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely. 
It was not an easy task. Basically, it, no, I mean, learning me, no. all that in school me, no. to some way, but then, you know, taking it, taking it to the next level and always asking for help on, uh, different aspects of it from other, um, artists helped me actually would spend maybe mentors would come in for like maybe an hour or a couple hours here to help out with certain things. Right. You know, I didn't want to take up much of their time, but. Um, yeah, I, I, did one 3, I did one 3D project when I was uh, when I was going to school, and it was about a ten to fifteen second clip. Took me about two months to do. <laughs> oh god, it's very basic. It's very I basic. feel you on this. I still feel you. <laughs> but for what I saw, I was like, "That's that takes some skill. Whatever's happening there, I could not do." I could still work on the uh, rendering and the lighting and the texturing. I think a little bit more in right, my but opinion. It still, it still looks good for a trailer for the beginning aspects. Yeah. Very well done. Thank Very you. Well I done. really, really, really appreciate that. All right. Now, before we uh, get out of here, there was a, we had a, had a question about HD camcorder equipment. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about this. And this is something you told to me, which I think was fantastic. You said, uh, let me ask my DP. Yeah, I asked I like, my, uh, my I DP. I, I want to say that at some point in my life. <laughs> let me ask my DP. I asked my DP <laughs> who helped me on the trailer. His name's uh, Dwight Galbraith. He goes by Drew, my friend. And... He goes, I don't really use consumer camcorders, so I don't think I could really give the best bet. But okay, he, but- he said, and I say is, do your research. Um, check the, I always do for my research on certain cameras. I always go to YouTube actually and see certain videos that are posted by that camera and then ah, look at the specs. Very good. Yeah, because then you could see even sometimes in the the little um, notes in there, they'll tell you what format it was when they posted this or whatever. Um, always look at the, the actual specs and see what kind of formats it records. And then, um, you know, whatever is going to be the best way for you to use it. You know, I mean, are you going to use it for just home use or are you going to be using it for making a movie. I mean, how do you want the look to look? What are your, what's your frame rate that you want to use? I mean, that also brings it with interesting is what kind of video software that yes. you're going to very important, very important. use for that. I mean, there's high end software, um, like Avid, Avid, um, there's Final Cut, Final Cut Pro. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just to say, I use this really little, Really, really little cheesy editing software that cost me like $79 and it actually edits 3D and aligns 3D and all this stuff and great codecs. And everybody's like, wow, you're, Interesting. you're, you're, I mean, we're working on Avid here and you're working on what? Magics? And I'm like, right. yeah, working on Magics. But even, um, Windows Movie Maker has done some great stuff for people and it can just allow you to be able to just tell the story. I don't think that you need to use all these high end tools to be able to have it is great, but you don't really need it. The or even Sony, uh, Vegas too. But just the matter of the point is if you're able to, you know, cut and tell your story in an effective manner and always make sure that you ask other people what they think yep. and get their criticisms right. and, and and take it or leave it. You know, to, it's still up to you. You're the filmmaker. To but. go on a tangent, when I was a paintball referee, oh, and whoa. it seems completely unrelated. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's going to be related. So we were out there on the field a lot of times and right. there are some certain players, they play with like a pump paintball gun, which means you That's have to pump it. Every time you you yeah. took a shot, those guys were actually the best players. Is that right? Those they were the best players because the really cheap guns that you buy are semi-automatic. The pump guns, 
actually are more like a isolated sniper gun because okay. it isolates a chamber. You get a consistent shot every time. Mm. Now, those guys were usually the best players and they would outcompete people who had like $2,000 guns with all sorts of electronics in them. And there was a phrase that they got tossed around on the field all the time, which is completely true, is that the player makes the gun, the gun doesn't make the player. Yes. And, and that is actually plays right into that where, you know, you make the software do the work. The software doesn't do the work for you. Right. Okay. And, and that's regardless of what it is. It's just like telling a photographer, hey, you know what? Your camera takes great pictures. Uh, you suck. <laughs> no, you're, you, you take great yeah. pictures. I, I've mm-hmm. seen plenty of photos online that are amazing. And guess what? They were taken with a disposable camera. You know, wow. that's, that's just the way it is. The, Interesting. the, the photographer makes the camera. The camera does not make the okay. photographer. I, I agree with you on that, especially too, probably because since you've been doing your 3D animation, it's like, Hey, we've worked on Maya or 3DS Max. Yeah. 3DS but Max then you know what? Uh, I did a lot of Maya, but you know, it's like those feature films use the same thing. Is that right? I mean, there's different tools and all this other stuff, but I mean, bottom line, the... Even with Photoshop, there's so many things you can do that are behind the scenes. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of stuff. But I wanted to add, though, we actually (laughs) shot the trailer on a um, consumer camera, consumer 3D cameras, because those only have been coming out in the last year or so. So we've been kind of very fortunate riding on this technology plane right now that's allowed us to do this. I mean, if this was a few years ago, to be able to do this so simply in 3D would not have been Just that like easy. Just like the stuff they did with the Kinect? Is that what it's yeah, called? The the Kinect? Con- yeah, uh, I mean, I would love to get my hands on that new Kinect that's coming out so that we could be able to actually do a facial motion capture and just set up a ooh, rig rather yeah. than... But there, she only has six lines in the movie. But to do, um, you know, to be able to do facial motion capture and body capture of possibly two characters in a room um, in your own home... Yeah, the programming I mean, language that was actually cracked by a student who went to UC Davis. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. look at that. Watch yeah, out, I know. Watch out. You know who also went to UC Davis? I don't know. Can't think of anybody. Sexy guy right here. Whoa. I know. (laughs) I did have a little stint at UC Santa Barbara myself. Mm. Oh, cool, cool. We were there last week. We we were there last (laughs) week. That's not even an overstatement. No, yes. Uh, Last podcast. Anyway, it's it's crazy. Uh, But yeah, I did want to mention though that the the, the 3D camera that we used was a consumer camera. It was a JVC, I think, a GS TD1. And it it ran about uh, 1700 bucks. Wow. which is, um, ah, but the, there's even a pro similar level of that camera that actually is kind of the same cost, but has some different features as different frame rates. But, you know, what, you, like, really use whatever camera that you feel comfortable with, that you like the look, go in and test it out. And, you know, I mean, like I said, it's, it's you who make the material. It's not the, the items that you use to make it that make, make it that great meaning right but I, I give or take you know it's always nice to have something really good yeah so based on that alone <laughs> donate folks we need some yes, donations yes, here exactly donate, camera, holy christ that's donate contribute camera. help help me out here with my film make this vision happen yes watch the trailer Get rat pat podcast Splash. as producers yes exactly watch the trailer that's all you need to see yeah watch the trailer. please watch the trailer if you're we'll not intrigued ha- then stop downloading our show no, hey, no, 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 keep downloading. Keep show. downloading over the and show. over and over again. There you go. I think it's fun. Different IPs if you can. Exactly. We'll make sure that we have the <laughs> information posted up on your website, so I'll Absolutely. make sure that you get all that. But if you don't like the trailer, cut yourself because you're yeah. a horrible human being. Right? It's yeah. a good trailer. I enjoyed it. 
Well, yes, uh, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate all your time today, both of you guys. Nice meeting you um, both, Rex and Adam. Yes, good times. And uh, we will post all the links and all the the trailer on our website as well. And uh, just donate. It's, a good, it's for a good cause. It's, it's a good story. It's good everything. I like it. I like it, personally. That's me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Emphasize. All right. Anyway, uh, until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Rex. And I'm Melissa. Yeah.